a champion. Realize Shaq's mechanism. Yah, 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 for rap. It's not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're gonna go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Seventh episode of Tampa 2 Tuesdays live from the Radio Default Studios in Chicago, Illinois. And my name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? Doing pretty good. It's it's getting real close to that spring season. Everything's warm. It's bright outside when I walk outside of class. How are you, Bilal? Good, good. We actually had pretty good weather this weekend, and the time is going to change this weekend, so we're going to have more sunlight. Yeah, it's going to be incredible, honestly. You sound you sound really excited. It's it's been a tough week. It's been a tough week. I'm sure you can understand. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's hope that uh, this brings some joy to your week. It does. Tampa Two Tuesdays, another another episode. Yep. All right. So before we get started today, I want to mention that today, March third, is my dad's birthday. So I just wanted to say happy birthday, Baba. <laughs> happy birthday. Starting your morning off right with a. Tampa Tuesday episode. Yep. All right. So let's get into our headlines. So one of the biggest uh, news that's been happening in recent weeks is Tony Romo's deal with CBS. We didn't know Romo has become a sensation in the broadcast booth, uh, famously known to call the plays before they even happen on the field. And there were some rumors that he was being lured away to ESPN, but CBS ended up matching and ended up putting forth a deal that he could not refuse. And I think I think that's a that's a good deal for CBS, right? Tony Romo is right now becoming this generation's John Madden. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, he's he's become that face of football announcing. And it's it's always fun to listen to Romo because he's he has so much knowledge and and just just how we mentioned earlier that how he basically predicts the play before it takes place and just to see how much he's having so much fun up there so his new new deal is report, reportedly worth 18 million dollars per year over 10 years that's that's a lot of money that's more than he made as a quarterback. More than all, but three years as a quarterback. He only he made one hundred and twenty-seven million dollars as an NFL quarterback, and since this this deal is for about ten years, he's going to be end up making one hundred and eighty million for over ten years as a broadcaster. So that's a pretty nice retirement job. Yeah, definitely, it's especially because he's not getting hit anymore. 
No. He can he can sit up in the booth. He's just sort of chilling during games, not getting whacked by these crazy offensive linemen who are coming into the league that are bigger, faster, stronger than ever before. And apparently I just read here that he's making $40 million more than what Jerry Jones paid to buy the Cowboys in 1989. Now we know inflation, the numbers have all changed, but just to see he's making $40 million more than what was bought to the team, paid for the team that he played for. Yeah, that's... uh. Well, he was a an undrafted free agent. Right? He's a so. nice success story. Yeah. He, even though he didn't have much playoff success and he was never able to win the big game, he did he had, good for himself and he was good with his teammates. Yeah, he had an entire team and fan base at his back. And that was that brings a tear to my eye. And the way <laughs> that everything ended with him, it ended in a um, in the best possible situation, he got hurt. Prescott got in. He was he was the bigger person about it. He decided that Prescott was the man to lead the team, and uh, he got to play in the last game as well. Yeah, he got one last touchdown drive that you know it showed that he could still play if he wanted to, possibly. But you know, at, I think at that stage of his career, he was ready to hang it up move on to bigger and better things, maybe not get hit. Because, you know, when you have a, an injury like that, it's it's a game changer. There was also many injuries that he had. He wasn't yeah. just... A lot, of, a lot of back surgeries, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, his contract is $8 million more than the next highest announcer per year, which was John Madden. John Madden had eight... All right, I'm going to start that again. His contract was... Twice as much as the next highest person, and um, which was John Madden at eight million dollars per year. I think I may have messed those that sentence up, but um, nice. You mentioned that he was he's just generations John Madden, and it's nice nice to see the comparisons. And but CBS was apparently also looking to get Peyton Manning in to the broadcast booth before re-signing Romo. I mean, even when Peyton Manning first retired. Uh, was it CBS or another channel that was already trying to get him into announcing? But Manning, I think he said he didn't want to call games where he's criticizing like his former team or Eli Manning, his brother. So he didn't he didn't take that. But I don't know. Apparently, the contract they were offering him was for ten to twelve million over five to six years, and he. Reportedly, just took too long to get back to them, and they just made the decision to stick with Romo. Which, ES- I think we mentioned this earlier, ESPN was trying to take Romo and bring them over because that Monday Night Crew is a disaster with uh, Booger. Booger needs to go. <laughs> but um, I think Manning could end up with ESPN. Manning, I feel like he'd be good announcing somewhere. He has that kind of. He has that personality, I think. He has that knowledge of the game. I just, I think it's just up to him, whatever he's looking to do. He's in demand, but that's the thing. He's going to be able to command whatever salary he wants. He could, probably won't be Roma money yet because he hasn't been uh, experienced, but he'll get he'll get there, and I would not be surprised. And uh, I think, uh, just one last note, Jay Cutler is also thinking of making a return <laughs> to the broadcast booth. 
because he was signed on for Fox, but then he got called to the Dolphins, and I, there were reports that he's thinking of finally entering the booth, and I would be, I'd listen to that, I would, but I'm also biased because I'm a Jay Cutler fan. Right. Wait, did you listen to him when he was uh, on the show in Chicago? Whose show was he on? Waddle and Sylvie. Waddle and Sylvie, yeah. I was outside go. the booth. I was standing right in front of it. I went right. It was a Friday afternoon, and I knew he was there. So I saw him. That's the closest I've ever been to Jay Cutler. <laughs> All right. What else? So one of the biggest uh, stories this offseason has been, where is Tom Brady going to go? And I've always said that he's going to be back with the Patriots and nothing really has led me to believe otherwise, no matter what rumors or media reports come out. my I'm still sticking with it until he puts on another jersey. But recent this past weekend, he was at the UNC and Syracuse college basketball game sitting next to Julian Edelman and Jimmy Fallon and the ESPN cameras caught the uh, three of them together and Edelman could be seen saying that Brady is back but there were also camera but the cameras could not pick up Brady's response to it so NFL Network yesterday enhanced the clip and we got a better understanding of what actually took place during that moment and let's uh, play the clip and we will discuss it after it's coming back He's coming back. Sir, what you tell Brady? You got it. So, um, that clip, Brady really never had, Brady never said anything related to football in that clip. In that clip, he was actually being, he was talking to someone who was off camera who asked him, what did you, what did you tell Bayheim? And Bayheim is the Syracuse basketball head coach. So all the speculation that Brady ignored Edelman or Brady is shaking his head saying, no, he's not coming back, there was nothing to that. So what's your take on that? Um, I, I honestly don't know what's going on with Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, after the combine happened and more rumors floated around that maybe the Patriots haven't made contact with him or negotiations weren't going very well. At this point, it's just that that free agency hype. You know, nobody knows where anybody is going. So I think at least uh, Julian Edelman is really convinced that he's coming back. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised, right? Edelman is his top receiver now that his Gronk only is receiver. <laughs> Edelman is the receiving core. <laughs> I mean, that was the thing with the Patriots, though, is that they didn't provide a supporting cast around Brady. They they had the best quarterback to ever play in the history of the league, but who is he going to throw to? He can't throw to himself, and he can't. It's it's a team game. It's not a one person one person sport. So. If you don't put it around a supporting cast around someone, no matter how good they are, if it's Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, it doesn't it doesn't work like that. So hopefully, again, I have always said he's coming back. Nothing has led me to believe he's not coming back. But it was just another 
people, and this was also another example of just people taking things out of proportion and out of context, thinking that Brady's reaction to Edelman was some sort of signal to the world. All right, so um, another quarterback news, Jameis Winston underwent surgery to surgery to repair his torn meniscus. And this is just adding to a, a plethora of other injuries as he's had solved this season. Yeah, he's uh, like going through a full renovation right now because he like it's like a house. You have to <laughs> take it apart, put it back together. Oh mm. no, he's when you said that that reminded me of the whole Robo Romo thing <laughs> where, where Tony Romo's just a, a a cyborg. This isn't the first thing he's done this season. He had a broken thumb earlier that he got fixed, then he went and got LASIK eye surgery to get his vision fixed. He's really trying to he's really trying to help himself. I mean, when you throw 33 touchdowns, but you also throw 30 interceptions, doesn't really go well for your team. And yourself. And nobody really knows what's going to happen to him, whether he's going to stay with the Buccaneers or if they're going to let him walk. Well, the Bucks know what's going to happen to him. Over the weekend, Bruce Arians was saying that they have a plan. They know the plan. Jameis does not know the plan. So they know what they're going to do, and they, they've said before that they're open to any possibility. So if that's drafting another quarterback or if that's trading for another quarterback or if it's just that's just keeping Jameis. I mean, they're not going to pay Jameis big money at all. They might franchise him or they might give him a two-year deal or a three-year deal. There's no way he's making Romo-level money. I think they're looking to either franchise Winston or franchise their edge rusher, Shaquille Barrett. Um, I don't know if they want to give either of them a, a long-term deal yet. Who would you franchise if you were the... GM of the Bucks. Oh, this is difficult. You know, I like I like Jameis Winston, right? Even though he's a turnover machine and reminds me a little bit of Jay Cutler at times, he's got that mobility and excitement moving around the pocket. Um, and he just he's like a discount Deshaun Watson, kind of. Discount Deshaun Watson. <laughs> but Shaquille uh-huh. Barrett, he has this one good year under his belt. I don't know if you want to overpay him, so I would say franchise Shaquille Barrett and possibly let Winston walk, or if you can convince him to a smaller deal. Winston walks. How do you replace him, and who do you replace him with? I think you got to look into the draft. What pick do they have? It's probably early in the first round. It's in the top ten, I believe. I don't know the the number. Because there's a lot of... uh, there's a lot of quarterback talent, pretty decent quarterback talent that's going to be coming off the board this year. I think early in the first round, throughout the first round, they have the 14th pick in this draft. So mm, top probably top the good 15. quarterbacks are gone by then. It's possible. Um, I don't know if any particular names have been attached to them yet, but. It still wouldn't surprise me if they kept Winston. But they got to keep him for a much lower deal than they would any other quarterback. And uh, he's not worth the money right now. Even though he threw for 5,000 yards, if you turn the ball over 30 times, then that doesn't help you. 
All right, uh, sticking with more quarterback news, we have also been talking about Dak Prescott on the show in prior in prior weeks, and there is still that period of window where the Cowboys are trying to figure out how they're going to go about the situation. They want to keep him, and he also wants to stay with Dallas, but it depends on... He's probably going to be there, but it just depends on for how long and how much money they're paying him. Are they going to franchise him? Are they going to put him onto a uh, long-term deal? What do you what do you think? I think they're going to put him on a little bit of the back burner because they have just so many other players that they need to pay. They have Amari Cooper. They have cornerback Byron Jones. They already paid Ezekiel Elliott. Um I don't know if the talent of Prescott warrants a a massive deal. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I just read something here that they were thinking of putting an exclusive franchise tag on him. Now I'm trying to also understand uh, what the exclusive franchise tag is, but apparently the price tag for the exclusive franchise tag is about $33 million for this year, So, which means he would be making... 33 million dollars but it's like just for this year and it is it's worth no less than the average of the top five salaries at the player's position for the current year so that's a lot of money that is a lot of money if you want to pay him 33 um million dollars for one year, that does not seem ideal. But and also, if they put the tag on this ex- uh, exclusive tag on him, he cannot negotiate with any other team. Ooh. Where there's a not where on the other hand there's a non-exclusive franchise tag, which is worth the top five salaries of the player's position over the last five years. And then they can negotiate with other teams. But their Cowboys are putting in and putting the exclusive tag on him, which hopefully that clears up any confusion or it causes more confusion. But uh, he's thinking about uh, it's $33 million per year if they put the tag on him, which is a lot of money for Prescott. I think it's it's a pretty sweet deal for him, especially. It's for him, yeah, but it's also a big hit on the Cowboys' cap number because it's also only a year and would you want to do this process all over again after one year no i don't think so i think either they it's it'd be best of course to lock them into a long-term deal but i don't know if they have the the money to do so i mean is his cap number would be uh, 36 uh, would be in third place behind Jared Goff and Roethlisberger, which each have 36 million and 33.5 million per year. So he's not even up in. Well, they're not. Jared Goff isn't worth 36 million, but Roethlisberger, I could ju- I could see it just because of his past and his work. But he's not. Prescott does not deserve that much money for one year at least yeah he definitely doesn't he's in the he's in the mid to low 20s in my view he's not in the high he's not in the low 30s 
And you only earned, uh, it's, it is a, you were saying it's a huge increase. He earned 2.7 million over his entire rookie year. So going from 2.7 over four years to 33 million over in one year, it's a lot of money. And uh, let's uh, let's end the new segment here with um, Rob Gronkowski telling an epic story about a call he received from Roger Goodell. Now, when you think of Rob and a fun story, what do you think of? A lot of drinking, <laughs> a lot of partying. That could be true, but this was a story he was telling on the Part of My Take podcast from Barstool Sports on. A phone call he received from Roger Goodell, and he was, he had his phone ringing, and it was a no caller ID. And he, as I'm assuming many people have done in the past, they will will take will answer the call and then start talking in a weird accent because they think it's a scam call, like the IRS scam calls. And Gronk was doing that, and constantly the person in the other line was saying, "Hi, Rob. This is Roger Goodell. This is is this Rob Gronkowski." And the call happened twice. Every time, Rob would answer the same way in a funny accent. And then two days later, the call came again. But this time, they left a voice message. And they said it's Roger Goodell. Because Rob, they didn't leave a voice message the first time. And Rob thought if it's really him, they would have left the voice message. But two days later, they called again, left the voice message. And then Rob realized that it's actually Roger Goodell calling him to congratulate him on making the NFL all-time 100 team. So it just seems like a Gronk type of story. Definitely, yeah. I mean, Gronk is all about having fun, right? And he showed that on the field, and I just can't wait to see what his uh, Hall of Fame speech is going to be. It's probably going to be the most entertaining Hall of Fame speech (laughs) anyone has ever listened to. All right, so this past week we had the combine, and we're all, it's basically like the college admissions test for uh, <laughs> college athletes oh. going into the pros. And any big takeaways that you thought from there? Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of good wide receivers in this class. Um, a lot of fast people too. Yeah, a lot watch of fast. the forty yard dash and like. I would not want to be in this person's way if they are running at me, and especially the linemen, how they can run that fast and like 300 pound people running in five, a 40 yard dash and like four, five, five. Phew, it's too fast. Definitely. I can't even do that. I am. <laughs> no. Um, Did anyone surprise you? Anyone's performance surprise you? You know, I was looking at. Well, I wouldn't say this is a surprise, but is it Jeff Okuda who is the number one defensive back? Uh, they're speculating in this year's draft. He is—he's very smooth with his his footwork. Um, it was one of the drills that they were doing, in which you know he's running backwards to cover flips his hip flips his hips one way flips his hips the other way and just his leg his leg work in that was absolutely phenomenal um 
but then he had that injury or neck soreness after he mm-hmm. went up for the interception, then fell, and then he was slow getting up. And I don't think he participated in drills after that, but that was that was a highlight moment for him. Did you see the Arizona State punter who no. had like over like twenty bench presses? Oh, I heard about that. He that was more than uh, some of the defensive. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. just to see a punter with that type of strength, it was. You don't see that a lot. He's he's gonna run over some people then. (laughs) I would not want to be a kicker, a punt returner running towards him. It's like it's like instead of beating the punter on your way to the end zone, you're facing another linebacker. True. My favorite part, I mean, I have never been really into college sports. I didn't really know much of these players. I just enjoyed watching the drills and um, the 40-yard dash. I liked watching the wide receivers when they were doing their uh, catching drills and quarterbacks throwing the ball. But my favorite part has always been the run-rich-run element of this, where Rich Eisen of the NFL Network runs the 40-yard dash, and he's been doing it now f- since 2005, and he raises money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. So this year he ran the 40 at 5.98, and he had George Kittle of the 49ers and Jerry Rice there to help him out. George was basically his hype man and helping him Get yeah, get in the right mindset for the run, and this is actually. He's, this was the third fastest of his career. He first started out in two thousand five running a six point seven seven, and then now he's down to five point nine eight. I mean, ever since, like, twenty twelve ish, his time has been holding pretty steady at around six seconds. You know, a little over, a little under. Yeah, he's. I'm just surprised to see that he went from six point seven seven down to six point two two in two thousand from two thousand five to two thousand six. But um, yeah, back in two thousand fourteen, he had a, he again had a five point nine eight last year. He had a six. The year before it was five point nine seven. So it's just always fun to see, and the guy's running in a suit and tie. So although he's also in cleats. So Cleans, at, at yeah, least he, but at least at least he's got some grip. Yeah, he's got grip. But just to see him work, um, it's just become much more than sports at this point. It's just because all the money they've raised, I believe it's been over a million dollars that they've raised for St. Jude's. And just to see how a lot of people get behind this cause, it is it provides a lot of uh, hope and optimism for that the world's in the world's in a uh, caring place and they would like to help people out one of the funniest parts about these are watching the simulcams of how they <laughs> put riches times against other top perform other top performers in the combine and they give him like a 10 yard head start and he still loses to them it is Fun to see, and Jerry Rice actually ran the comb- ran the drill as well. Did he? Yeah, he was there, and he ran it. He was showing Rich the different techniques, and he also decided to run it because it's Jerry Rice. Why not? Before the before the playoff games, Jerry Rice was like, "Put me in to play the game." I bet Jerry Rice could still play at this age. 
did they ever did they time Jerry Rice in this one? I'm not sure. Let's They probably did. Um Jerry Rice is 57 years old. So take <laughs> take that into account perhaps. 57 years old, yeah, it's a, he's in great shape for that age. Mm-hmm. Especially for being hit a lot during his career because he had a very long career. All right, he played until like, I believe it was like 2004. But uh, no, I don't know. I don't see any times for, uh, no, I do actually. Now I found that it, it, he clocked in at 458. 458? Yeah. Really? 57 years old, 40-yard dash in 4.58 seconds. That's absolutely crazy. That's why he's the GOAT. (laughs) All right, so I think that does it for this week's show. Um, Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, My handle is Bill underscore Malik. No, Bill Malik 15. And Trenton is Trenton underscore Cito. And Rated DePaul is at, uh, at RDP Sports. We will be back next week with another episode of Tampa 2 Tuesdays. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, and of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.